This is Trek FM. Helling frequencies open. This is your Trek FM Hyper Channel for Saturday, May 17th, 2014. I'm Christopher Jones, and we have three stories for you today. Zeus 3D printer is replicator and transporter rolled into one. The Trek Collective reviews the USS Reliant, and Star Trek Horizon nears the end of its Kickstarter. First up, if you want to start living in Star Trek's future, but are just waiting for our primitive technology to catch up, this first story could give you hope. The Zeus 3D printer from a company called AIO Robotics is what they're calling a replicator and a transporter all rolled up into one. That's the headline that Gizmodo UK gave it in their story, and it's from a company that was founded in 2013, whose goal is to bring 3D printing to the masses. The company is located in Marina del Rey, California, and their printer, called Zeus, has been called a game changer by Forbes. Now, 3D printers are becoming very popular these days. Um, I feel personally from watching the news, that they're becoming maybe a little bit more widespread than they actually are. It it seems like every time I turn around, there's a news story about 3D printers and the amazing things that you can do with them. Now, in Star Trek, we're used to the replicator, where you just tell it what you want, and it magically appears. Of course, with a food replicator, you, you literally tell it, I want a Ractigino, double hot, double sweet with a jacarine peel. Or, you know, you could also replicate parts or whatever you need for engineering. And with transporters, of course, we're accustomed to beaming something around, both objects and people. Now, what the Zeus does is, maybe it's a stretch to call it a transporter. I don't know if it's a stretch to call it a replicator, though, because what you do is you actually scan an object and then you can print that object. Now, where the transporter part comes in, you can actually fax these items elsewhere. And this is all rolled up into one machine. Now, right now, you can buy scanners, of course. You can buy 3D printers as well. I should say a 3D scanner and a 3D printer. But this machine, again, has it all in one plus the faxing capability. So it really is sort of a new category of machines that does move us one step closer towards that Star Trek technology. It's kind of expensive. It's $2,499 right now, so it's like buying a computer. It's more expensive than it would be if you went out and you bought a 3D scanner and a 3D printer separately, which really, let's be honest, it's kind of amazing to me. I expect these things to cost $24,999, not $2,499. So honestly... I don't think the price is that bad for a new technology like this. I'm not going to buy one myself, but you can imagine five, ten years from now, these things will be quite affordable. The sending part, as I said, is really the key. I haven't seen it demonstrated yet, so I don't know exactly how it works. But just the idea that you can scan an object, print it in 3D, and then fax it somewhere else, and I'm doing air quotes for faxing here. Although, hey, I live in Japan. Someone just tried to fax me stuff yesterday and uh, here in the studio while I'm trying to record, and I had to turn the phone off. 
send us an email. It's 2014, but no, faxing is still around. Anyway, if you want to find out more about this, you can go to the website zeus.aiorobotics.com. That's Z-E-U-S, like the guide, aiorobotics.com. And they have all kinds of information there. They have uh, specs for the machine, and you can see what it looks like. And yeah, it's it's amazing. The way technology is advancing is really amazing. It's available for pre-order right now. If you do have $2,500 lying around that you don't know what to do with, you can pre-order it. It's expected to ship sometime this summer. Now, our next story goes out to all you Starship lovers out there. The 11th issue of the official Starships collection from Eagle Moss is out, and the Trek Collective has reviewed the tiny ship. I don't know if you've seen these. You may remember what they remind me of is a long time ago, I want to say it was early 1990s, Micro Machines had the Star Trek Starships collections, and, and I had them at the time. But they they were great to put on your desk, and they were very small, but they also looked like toys that you would pick up at the toy store that were obviously molded plastic, and you know the paint jobs were not wonderful, but they were still great to have. This collection here, if you've seen this, it's from Eagle Moss in the US, UK, and Ireland. We're just getting it this month here in Japan. It's not from Eagle Moss here. It's actually from Diagostini, which is a company that does all sorts of similar bi-weekly publications for, you know, everything from classical music to ballet on DVD to uh, model cars where you get a part every two weeks. And then over the course of like, I don't know how long it takes, maybe like six or eight months or something, you can actually build a you know, fairly large model car. Not that you would drive around in, right? But something you would put on your desk or put in a case. So that's what they do here. But anyway, these little ships, they appear to be, you know, similar in size to what the old Micro Machines ones were. I, I have not gotten my hands on one yet. I do have it pre-ordered. And actually on the 20th, so I only have three days to go, we're going to get the Enterprise D here in Japan. But issue number 11 for everyone over in the States and in the UK and Ireland who can get this already is the USS Reliant, which is, of course, famous, the famous Miranda-class ship from Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan, the ship that Khan hijacked, took control of. It's a really interesting design. You know, the Miranda class has gone on to become one of the workhorses of Starfleet. We've seen it even in the next generation, the Miranda class and the also the Oberth class a little bit, which is what the Grissom was in Star Trek Three, and also the Excelsior class or the three we see turning up all the time. The Reliant is very interesting because as our friend John Tenuto, who is probably the world's biggest expert on Nicholas Meyer, Ricardo Montalban, The Wrath of Khan, Space Seed, and what the story was there, points out in in some of the various shows that he's been on here on the network talking about The Wrath of Khan, that the Reliant is essentially an inverted enterprise, just as Khan and Kirk are inverted characters. Uh, the Their course of life, their their approach to to strategy, the ship itself, it's an inversion. 
so it's a beautiful ship and and because of that and also just the aesthetics of it it's always been one of my favorites interestingly the author on the trek collective writes i've never been a big fan of the miranda class i know how dare i set foot in the church of star trek with such sinful thoughts having got to know the class growing up with the 24th century series it mostly seemed to me to be cannon fodder for the Borg and the Dominion. So I, I guess that's a view. You know, personally, I grew up with it. I, I went to the theater when Star Trek II came out, and I remember it all very, very well. And then uh, later on, TNG came around, but I, but I know what he's saying. However, he says, while the class might not excite me that much, I do, however, love this new model. And I'm looking at the pictures right now as I record this on the Trek Collective website, and I cannot wait until issue 11 comes out here in Japan because this thing is really beautiful. Uh, blue is my favorite color, so the blue in the nacelles here on the Reliant is is just gorgeous, but they have some close-up photos here of the paint job, and it's so precise even on the back side where you have the shuttle bays, you have one and two, and it's, the detail is just beautiful. So go over to the Trek Collective and read the review. Look at these photos. If you're not already getting these ships, the official Starship collection, if you're in the US, UK, or Ireland, you can go to Star Trek-Starships.com. That's plural there. Star Trek-Starships.com to find out all about it. The issues come out twice a month. They're $19.95 each, but the first one is $4.95 to get you started. Uh, If you happen to be listening to this and you're here in Japan, I know we do have a few listeners here in Japan, you need to go to diagostini, D-E-A-G-O-S-T-I-N-I dot J-P slash S-T-S to get information on that, which, and of course that page is all in Japanese. Uh, But as I mentioned, we're going to be getting the Enterprise D here on the 20th in just three days. So very excited. Now, do you have this ship already? If you do, let us know what you think. I I would love to hear your own thoughts about the Reliant, of course, or any of these ships. If you have them, you know, drop us a line. Let us know. Uh, Probably the best way to get in touch with us is on Twitter at TrekFM or our website, trek.fm slash contact. And there's a form there. Now, we have one last thing for you today. If you love Star Trek fan films and independent productions, you won't want to miss Star Trek Horizon. And Star Trek Horizon is nearing the end of its Kickstarter. This is an independent feature-length film set during the time of Enterprise. In fact, it takes place during the Romulan War, which so many of us wanted to see on Enterprise, but we didn't get to see. This film is being produced by Tommy Kraft, who I've gotten to know pretty well recently. And he's uh, been on on several of our shows, on Warp 5, our Enterprise show, on The Ready Room, and also on Continuing Mission. And I'm just blown away by the work that Tommy is doing. And he's doing it on an absolute shoestring budget. I, I, I actually, before I talk to Tommy, I watch the videos of of Horizon and the visuals that he's done so far. And I listened to the music and I mean, I thought this was a huge production going on and, and it is a big production in terms of job, but they're doing it with, with almost no money and no resources. And it's just spectacular. The Kickstarter has been 
a huge success. They started out with a very modest goal of just $10,000, and they blew past that in about three days, I think, maybe less than three days. Things slowed down a little bit after that, but they've actually doubled their goal. As I'm recording this, they have 301 backers for a total of $20,716 of the $10,000 goal. So coming up at noon on Monday, May 19th, that's noon U.S. Eastern Time, Horizon will be funded by Kickstarter. So that's wonderful news. But as I said, $10,000 is a really, really modest goal for a project like this. And Tommy set up a number of stretch goals, you know, to get better computers, to help speed up the rendering. And you'll understand if you go watch the videos and you see what he's doing and and all sorts of other things that they need. And there, the different levels of stretch goals, they went through 15,000, 20,000, 25,000. So they passed 20,000. Fantastic. The last stretch goal, which will be activated if they reach $25,000 by noon U.S. Eastern Time on Monday, will help them reach out to Scott Bakula, Connor Trenier, and Gary Graham, who played Ambassador Saval on Enterprise, to come in and just have a little part. And, and Tommy explains this whole thing when we talk on Continuing Mission. Bring them in, you know, help make this a truly, uh, a fan film that is truly worth its place in Enterprise canon. And I really hope that they get to do that. And if you want to find out more about Star Trek Horizon, listen to Continuing Mission, Episode 7, where Tommy and Mark Bowers, who plays the NX-04 Discovery's first officer, Jackson Gates, fill us in on all the behind-the-scenes details of the story and the production. And as I just mentioned, Tommy actually goes into the idea he has to try to get Scott, Connor, and Gary in to to make a, a little appearance. And I think it's a great idea. And I also think it's one that's very doable, in fact. So find out more about it. If You'll find that episode of Continuing Mission, number seven there, further down in your feed if you're listening to this Hyper Channel through the Trek of Film Complete Master feed. Just scroll down. It's from uh, two weeks ago. And you'll see it down there in the feed. Or you can subscribe to the Continuing Mission show feed as well. Go check it out. I, I really, honestly, am, am blown away. This is just, it's just a plug for for Tommy and the fantastic work he's doing. He really deserves all the support he can get. And I love seeing an Enterprise-era film. I mean, that's, you know, people don't give Enterprise enough credit. What he's doing is really um, a great tribute to the work that they did on Enterprise and to all of Star Trek, in fact. And uh, you'll find out more about it if you go over to their website, StarTrekHorizon.com. Now, I do have a quick network update for you today. It's Saturday, which means fan films and independent productions and continuing mission, the show I just mentioned. In this week's episode, I'm joined by three members of the Star Trek The Continuing Mission audio drama. Yes, coincidentally, we do share a name there. I'm joined by director Patrick McRae, producer Sebastian Pruth, and sound designer Matthew Blondain to learn more about the genesis of the series and their new episode, Cathedral in the Void, which is an H.P. Lovecraft-inspired story. 
We discuss how the series came about, how they create an audio drama from start to finish, and where the series is headed in the future. So watch for this episode as well in your feeds if you're subscribed to the individual continuing mission feed or to the Trek FM Complete Master feed. You can also catch it through your favorite podcast source, whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, Swell, BlackBerry, and more. Or you can stream from our website or grab the RSS link and pop that into your favorite podcatcher. Well, that's our look at the news for today. If you're streaming this show from our site, you can have it delivered directly to the device of your choice by subscribing to the Hyper Channel show feed or to the Trekka Film Complete Master Feed, which contains every episode of every show that we do, all 16 of them, and some special audio content as well that you can only get there. Now, we would love to chat with you about these stories and the world of Star Trek, and as I mentioned, I'd love to hear from you if you have any of these official Starship collection ships. You can find us on Twitter under username TrekFM, on Facebook at facebook.com slash TrekFM, on Google+, just search the communities for Trek.fm and you will find us there, and we have traditional forums on our website at Trek.fm slash forums. Well, thanks so much for listening to Hyper Channel today. We'll be back tomorrow with some more stories for you, and until then, go watch some Trek. <laughs>